no fundo dos meus olhos, pra dentro da memória te levei. Amor, Amor você me tentou, ou oh, cala, eu te amei, como jamais um outro alguém vai te amar. Antes que o sol pudesse acordar, eu te amei. Oh, Carla. Can I just say, my sister's name is Carla. And when this song came out, let me tell you, the amount of boys that were singing this song around her, because my sister was quite popular with the boys. It was a lot of boys. There's no Carlas in this case, though. I mean, I really thought, because this, the case is set in Brasilia, so I thought about mm-hmm. singing the novelty song, Faroeste Caboclo, but that song is like 10 minutes long, and I was like, this is not what this podcast is about. Someday, guys. Someday. If we are ever going to sing Legião Urbana, can we please have my sister as a guest? Because yeah. my sister, yeah. when she was like middle school, beginning of high uh-huh. school, she was obsessed with them. So th- that's all that we listened to because she made us all. And it was like, it was it was funny because she'd be listening to it and she'd be like, oh my God, these lyrics are so deep. <laughs> no, Lydia was really good, but like, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's... I feel like everybody who likes them yeah. is a douchebag. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So guys, yeah, we sang this song from 2002 because this case is set in 2002. So deep. Nothing to do with the case. If case you're wondering what the lyrics are about, nothing to do with it. As always, I'm putting mm-hmm. a link to one of the show notes. But exactly. yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Just so you guys know what's going on in Brazil. Should we introduce ourselves first? That's true. That's true. Well, I'm Carol. And I am Stephanie. And this is Suspiria, a true crime podcast. Guys, it's been a while since we recorded. So it feels like we yes. haven't we haven't been done this for like forever. But we released episodes and everything, but it's because I was traveling and then Steph got sick. And so we're like, you know, let's yes. put a pause. You know, sometimes you just need to like breathe a little bit. And now we're back. <gasps> yes, yeah. and we'll talk all about Carol's um trip and her vacation after the case because mm-hmm. we know how you guys and us as listeners to hate the fucking story of my life 20 minute segment before the case <laughs> yeah so. so all about all of that at the end i have some cool stories so yes. tune in i guess so before we start i want to reiterate something okay this is a podcast and in the podcasting world itunes reviews mean a lot so if you like listening to us and you haven't uh reviewed us yet on itunes or whatever platform you use And if they have that kind of feature available, it would be great if you guys uh, gave us, you know, five stars and told the world how amazing we are, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So if you guys could do that, it would be great. All right. Amazing. Next. Uh, This case we got as a suggestion. um, Someone, because we have another thing for you guys to do about this. We have a um, anonymous form where you guys can give us like feedback and case suggestions and all kinds of stuff. And uh, that case was suggested by someone in there. So 
Yeah, that uh, form is always linked on the show notes on any episode, so it's really easy to find. So you guys can do that. And it's not just case suggestions, feedback, anything, you know. You can tell yeah. me I'm pretty and I'll oh, just read do. it and like smile. We haven't done boyfriend submissions in a while for Steph. You can use that as a space for that too. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes. Okay. So uh, today's case is, uh, guys, it's giant. And it's another yes. one, another one of those where no one dies, but it's very tragic, but has a nice ending. So I guess this is some somewhat of a feel-good episode, even though I'm going to point out if you have really small kids or if you're pregnant, this could induce a lot of anxiety. So yeah, keep that in mind. It's about the kidnapping. Okay, so I'm just going to remove myself right now because I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh Goodbye. my. <laughs> With my burger baby, okay? <laughs> okay. So this is the case of the kidnapping of Pedrinho. So yeah, Pedrinho is a common name. And we have a serial killer in Brazil whose name is Pedrinho. So yeah, we're going to cover this someday. But just in case you got here thinking we're talking about the serial killer Pedrinho, it's not. It's the the nope. little boy that got kidnapped. Okay? Okay, good. Yeah, and Pedrinho, as some of you might have inferred, is uh, little Pedro, mm-hmm. Pedrinho, being little the, Peter, yeah, the suffix that yeah, the Pedro. Anyways, yeah. so I'm gonna give credit to um, a couple sources. So first, Domingo shows interview with Vilma. We're gonna talk about her in a bit. Um, new stories by Folha de São Paulo, Época Isto É, Terra, Correio Brasiliense, and G1 or G1 as Brazilians would call. So, um, just a disclaimer, this case involves many people and there's more than one version of the story. And this is a podcast where we like to stay victim-centric, but also to present unbiased versions of uh, facts. So, we will stick to the official version of this case, trusting that the investigators did their due diligence and all of that and the official narrative. I mean, it's true. But when it's all done, we'll still mention the quote-unquote alternative facts of this case just to be fair okay but uh we're a team official version here that the police knows what they're doing basically Mm -hmm. the story begins in the morning of january 21st 1986 in brasilia when pedro rosalino brauli pinto was born it was only 12 hours after he was born and the young parents uh, Maria Auxiliadora Brauli, a.k.a. Lia. We're going to be calling her Lia, not Maria, Maria Auxiliadora because it's too big of a name. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Jairo Tapajós. They were resting in the room number tw- 10 of the Santa Lucia Hospital. Everything is going mm-hmm. great with the baby. The baby's healthy. They're just resting 12 hours after the birth. Like, come on. When a social worker's come by to do some exams on the baby, she introduces herself and says that it's all routine, ordinary exams, that they have nothing to worry about. So Leah hands the baby to the woman, and she leaves the hospital. She leaves the hospital with the baby. She isn't a social worker. She's a baby kidnapper. Dun, dun, dun. This is absolutely terrifying. It's like... <laughs> right? I, I feel like as a mom... Like, I, I, I can't imagine um, this happening in today's oh, age, yeah. but, like, back in the 80s, mm-hmm. 
like, how do you explain that? Like, how do you, like... Yeah. Because you're obviously, as a, especially as a new mom, you're going to trust hospital staff. Mm-hmm. So how do you explain all of this shit to someone? Like, it doesn't yeah. even make sense to you. So after the baby didn't come back from the exams, they alerted the hospital staff and the investigation begins. So the police does a sketch of the kidnapper and several women are interviewed as suspects. Throughout the years, 12 kids were identified as probably Pedrinho, but none were actually confirmed. The case was closed in 1997 with no names, no leads, no nothing. Oh. Yeah. So Can you imagine that? 11 years? Yeah. Like, at that point, the case, it was already pretty big. Like, it made, you know, the newspapers. It was, like, front, front page news in the first weeks. And they had the um sketch of the woman on the on the papers like for days you know what i mean like it wasn't a small case but it just went cold like it's what happens you know Hmm. yeah but fortunately times go by the years pass and things come to light so the woman that took pedrinho is called vila martins da costa she lived in goiania which is neighboring to um, Brasilia, right? Now, so it- the way Brasilia is set up, it's mm-hmm. inside of the state of Goiás. Yeah. It's a state inside of another yeah. state. So it's like, Basically. imagine you have like Texas, right? And they just cut out a little hole in the middle and they go, this is a different state now. This is what happened to Brasilia. Yeah. They just built a capital like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Goiás, so Goiânia is. Uh, Braz- it's, Braz- it's like Braz- another Braz- state, yeah, but like it's it, it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's like Inception, but <laughs> for states. Yeah. <laughs> so Vilma was uh, Vilma lived in Guyana. She was born in she was born on June twenty fourth, nineteen fifty five, in a farm in Goyas. She was a bastard, and her father didn't do shit to recognize her as his own. She had a hard childhood, Aww. having to work physically demanding jobs, which added a whole layer of suffering to an already miserable life. She grew up witnessing her abusive stepfather treat her mom the most horrible way possible. He would rape the mom with Vilma in bed next to them. And after a few oh years, yeah, he started raping Vilma as well. She was like three or four years old by that time. I did not know this, and I've known of this case for yeah. a while. This is so sad. On her early teens, she went away to Brasilia and became homeless, and resulted to sex work for money. She says that she was never a quote-unquote real prostitute, but had lovers that would pay for sex. So I think, like, you know, like a sugar daddy or something. Or, like, you know, a few oh. regular clients that would, like, you know, support her. Okay, another disclaimer. This is her accounts of her own life. But uh, they're all published, like, you know, in news sources and books and stuff. So I think that there was some fact-checking done to see that, you know. But even one of these, if even, like, one of these claims is true, like, already, it's not easy life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I believe her. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I would never doubt someone with something like that. Even if the person's, like, an awful human being not that like going through all of this justifies Mm -hmm. you being awful but 
I'm not for yeah. like doubting the victim. Yeah. <laughs> so she always dreamt about being about having a big happy family, getting married, having kids, it all. She started working on the register of a bar in Brasilia where she fell in love with Carlos Soares, who was her boss, a man 20 years her senior, and they got married 20 days after they met. Wow, goals. <laughs> she refers to him as the father of my daughters, and from what I could gather, he was very abusive towards her. So again, as a spirit, here we believe that uh, we tend to believe in the, the accounts of victims of sexual abuse and all, but view my lies. Uh, she's a known liar, so it doesn't mean that she's lying about all this necessarily. It could be her life story, but she's a person who lies. You know what I mean? So it could be yeah. that all the facts are exaggerated, you know? Yeah. Or if yeah. things did happen, but she made a bigger deal out of it to make her look better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think it's probably all true. But just being um, upfront with you guys, she lies. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> can I say it again? Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. Before I say what I was going to say, I just want to say that this case always reminded me of that uh, great Mexican telenovela. Complices de um resgate. Oh my god. Or Complices al rescate uh, in Spanish. That started so with much. Belinda <gasps> and then they changed it to um, the girl from the other Dan Daniela. Daniela Luhan. Yeah. So this Dude. case always reminds me of that telenovela. I used to love that fucking novella so me much. Me too. I know. All, <gasps> oh my god. Martin Rica. Oh my god. He was my crush. I was always Dude. like, oh, he's so hot. <laughs> now, look, have you seen a picture of him recently? No. Don't. Anyway, <laughs> so now that my telenovela segment oh, okay. is over, because there will be more telenovela in this Guys, podcast, yes, but not spoiler. right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So Vilma allegedly owned a very successful brothel in the late 70s, mm -hmm. and that is corroborated by several residents of Guyana that have been around for a really, really long time and quote-unquote will never forget her kind of thing. Uh, mainly because she was absolutely beautiful and completely bananas, sounds like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> She has been accused of several crimes, including attempted homicide, larceny, and several scams in which she used her kids to get money from businessmen. Oh, yikes. <laughs> she would tell them that the kid was theirs and ask for child support. Mm -hmm. Since most of you will be curious about this, mm -hmm. the attempted homicide refers to when in 1986, she ran over a woman after her nephew took one of Vilma's daughters to a motel. And we're guessing that Vilma wasn't too happy with that. Okay, so she pulled a whole elo from uh, Mulheres Apaixonadas. I just, I, I, uh, I really want to know what kind of situation is that? That you just go to a motel with a car and run over like someone's aunt that was also there? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like it's very weird. And like, but, is your daughter not allowed to like make her own decisions about her yeah. body? Like, and yeah. what does running over the aunt <laughs> accomplish? Shouldn't it be running over the nephew? No, the aunt. The aunt like, like, yeah. No, but like, if she really <laughs> wanted to avenge her daughter's honor, know, right? she should be running over the nephew, not yeah. the poor aunt. <laughs> anyway, 
The family <laughs> moved around a lot, but made their way back to Goiânia by the mid seventies. Mid seventies. Uh, Vilma divorced her first husband soon after they got back there. She had four daughters: Roberta, Jamili. Oh God, <laughs> can I just say? We must be related, Vilma and I, because the creativity <laughs> of the names is akin to what people in my family do. Roberta For me Jamili. too. Like one of the one of these names is very similar to the, my actual name. So, anyways, Carla, Beatriz, Patricia, Elaine, Cristiane, Michele, and now Pedrinho, who would grow up thinking his name was Oswaldo Borges Jr. <laughs> or just junior for short yeah so just to um save some confusion because i was very confused when i started researching junior and osvaldo and pedrinho are the same person yeah so we'll refer to him as junior now but when he becomes pedrinho again it's pedrinho but it's the same person okay it's only one boy all right all right exactly a boy with many names (laughs) that's gonna be the title of my book Yes, a boy with many names. Um, So by the time she kidnapped Pedrinho, she had already married her second husband, Osvaldo. They met when he helped her fix her car, and it was love at first sight. Because, you know, is there anything more attractive than someone fixing your car? I don't know, people throwing money at you. (gasps) Someone Um, beautiful, but completely bananas. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. He was married at the time, and they maintained a relationship for a whole year before he dumped his wife to be with Vilma. See, this does not happen very often. No. You remember uh, that woman. What was her fucking name mm. in real life? Oh, my God. The one who killed the little girl. We yeah. talked about uh, her. The oh Beast God, of oh Pain. No, the, the Beast of Pain. Whatever her fucking a... name was. No. No, it was the Beast of Pain. Yeah, I know the... I'm, like, picturing the little girl in my head right now. That's all I remember. Uh, I don't know her name, but that's what she was expecting, yeah. and this did not happen to her, because shit like this never happens, girls. I know, I know. Um, they didn't live together, though. He still lived with his kids, and she lived with hers. That's when, uh, that is until she, quote-unquote, got pregnant with Pedrinho, which I'm guessing was just to keep him, right? Mm. When she was three months in, she traveled to Brasilia, we are assuming, to collect on some debt. She was there for six months. Oh, how convenient. Until she called her family to announce that she had just given birth to a baby boy. When she came back, she already had Pedrinho. So the argument could be made that no one knew about the kidnapping but her. Because of the new baby, Osvaldo decides to finally move in with her. Because, you know, what better way to keep a man than having a random ass baby that he didn't ask for? Who, who would have no fall for something like solution. that? Like, yeah, she was in Brazil for six men. months, molesting some debt, and now she comes back. Oh wow, this is my baby. Yes, for sure, it Listen, is my baby and yours too. You do not know the power of the pussy, Carol. <laughs> A lot of men will fall for that to this day. Uh, so even after things are going seemingly perfect for Vilma, she's still out there trying to scam rich men. She shows up with a baby on her arm, saying that they're the that the baby is theirs. And then vanishes after they ask for a DNA test. So by that point in time, uh, Vilma is a known skimmer. She fakes everyone's signatures, including her own kids, Pedrinho included, Junior included. She makes people work for her for free and acts like a whole piece of shit about it. 
So um, when one of the workers, because she owned like a furniture store, sorry. Mm-hmm. So when one of her workers started to take legal action against her to get like a thousand bucks, showed him. She was like, wait, 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 it's fine. I'll pay you tomorrow in cash. So when he got back there to get the money, it was like a pile of like bills with a hundred yeah. on top and the rest of it was ones. Uh-huh. 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 Psych. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm sorry, she's not be laughing. No, that's awful, man. Like that's this... pretty smart though. Oh, it's smart, but it's like like how would you think? So yeah. That's pretty fucking smart. You put like a, okay. a, like a little pile, so you're like looking at the money, you, look, you go like, wow, it's a pile of hundreds. When like a thousand bucks would not be a little pile, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, so her and Osvaldo owned a furniture shop, but I think it's safe to say that most of her income didn't come from furniture at this point. So Osvaldo died on October of 2002, only a month mm-hmm. before all of the following shit goes down. So his He's family lucky. Yeah. I mean, not really because he he kind of dies not knowing about everything. Well, but sometimes not knowing is better than the truth. Yeah, I so. guess. So his family doesn't really like Vili- Vilma, rightfully. They mm-hmm. suspect that she might have actually killed him. Uh there was no traces of they do an autopsy and everything and there were no traces of poisoning. When they examine the body, but the family still thinks it's possible. And, like, his son even goes, like, yeah, you can, uh, like, exhume the body right now. You're going to find evidence that she killed him. Like, there's no way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, there's a conspiracy theory, too. But, you know. So, Osvaldo's great-granddaughter. No. So, Osvaldo's uh, granddaughter, Gabriela, who was 19 at the time, overhears Vilma talking about family planning out of all topics, saying that she had her tubes tied 20 years ago. So the trusty old red flag pops up and she decides to investigate because Junior is 16. So how does she have them if her tubes were tied at the time? Can we just talk about how dumb this bitch is to be talking about having her tubes tied? Right? Like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Vuma, she's known for like spilling the beans when she drinks and she had an alcohol problem at this point so maybe she was drunk and she like she didn't know you know what i mean but even then mm-hmm. you think that she would talk about this you know all f- or just not talk about it you know what i mean i don't know anyways so she goes to a website called missingkids.com.br and she finds out about one case of the missing boy pedrinho so there are no mm. pictures of the baby, obviously, but there's a picture of the dad, Jairo, when he was a little kid. So the resemblance between Jairo and Pedrinho is uncanny. So and they were born at around the same time, around the same age. So the girl Gabriela goes like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, this is just too much for me to handle." What so a she, coincidence! Yeah, yeah, what a coincidence! So yeah, they have like the same birthmark on their year, even, you know. It's like they're, they look completely alike. So she goes to the police with her findings with an anonymous tip on October of 2002. Ha! Yeah. So the police is on the case. They investigate the suspicious circumstances of his whole existence. And uh, I'm sure that they know about how sketchy Vilma is. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So it doesn't take long for them to get to the bottom of the situation. 
They set up a blitz to catch Junior driving illegally because he was only 60 at the time. So he couldn't really be driving. Wait, should we explain what a blitz is? Yeah. So a blitz, I mean, more commonly today is to like catch people drinking driving. Where they just like put like a barricade and... Yeah, it's like a police like, checkpoint. Talk to, yeah, a checkpoint. Yeah. So they set up a blitz to catch Junior driving illegally. Mm -hmm. Because he was only 60 at the time, so he couldn't really be driving. And he was taken to the station, and that is when they put everything on the table. So, put everything yeah. on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. me dropping my dick on the table. Mm -hmm. It made that. Uh, yeah, okay. So Vilma is also brought to the station and maintains that she didn't do anything wrong. That the baby was her own. She says like, "Yeah, I have a C-section scar. Look at it, kind of thing." You know what I mean? This is my kid, kind of. This is awful. Because that proves everything a C-section scar. <laughs> oh yeah. So we're gonna talk about that scar later, guys. Keep that in mind. So even Junior is sure that his mom didn't do anything. He says that if you're doing my mom wrong, then you're doing me wrong. And yeah, he is very like adamant about this is just no way that this is not all true yeah so at this point the case is already like on every news source they're talking about it everywhere and they don't know for sure if he is you know pedrinho yeah. you know because remember it was already a big case and now it's just gigantic you know And so you have, like, reporters sleeping outside of the um, police station waiting for, like, the resolution of this case. Mm -hmm. And then you have another, like, whole teams of reporters outside of the family's home, like, a few miles from the fucking police station. And, like, it's a lot, you know. Imagine, like, you know, from the point of view of the family, like, they just lost a dad, right? Yeah. And then it's, like... A few months later, all of this starts happening. You know what I mean? And can you imagine, the, like, what must be going through his mind, too? Like, he's yeah. 16. He's just, like, a kid. Yeah, guys. Yeah. And he's not, like, a 16-year-old as a man. He looks like a kid. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, he's tall. But it's, like, clearly not. You know, like, uh... Anyways. So, um... There was one point... This is one of the highlights of the case, you know, that... Um, Vuma's daughters actually beat up the reporters outside of their house. Damn. They, like, yeah, they're trying to, like, get statements and stuff and be like, you know, why did your mom steal a baby? And they're like, fuck you, you know? Because at that point, you don't really know. So they, like, kind of try to hose the reporters off. They spit in the fucking reporters. Like, it's... Yeah, there's video of that. And it's pretty entertaining. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the type of it video sucks. that I like to watch on Facebook. <laughs> Because I love me some fight videos on Facebook. Like, it yeah. makes my day. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the reporters were, like, outside of their house camping 24-7, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it must be pretty annoying. Yeah. But, like, come on. So, at that point, um, Junior is refusing to give the police a DNA sample. And that's when uh, Jairo talks to... Um, Pedrinho, supposedly, mm -hmm. and says that, you know, you should be testing this, right? Like, he probably said something about, like, you know, it's, I just want to know if you're my kid, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, you need some kind of resolution, and it's said a lot that because uh, Junior had just lost his dad, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That he might have empathized with Jairo. 
And yeah, but if it were me, I'd be like, fuck that. This is my family. <laughs> they raised me. Yeah. Fuck you. Who the fuck are you? Goodbye. And stormed <laughs> up. Yeah. So, because also, like, the Vuma was saying that, like, you know, there's no way that this is like that. You know, so on her version of the facts, she first uh, refuses to give any kind of DNA sample, any kind of DNA testing, mm-hmm. because there's just no way that this is true. Yeah. But then she flips it and goes, there's just no way that this is true. Let's prove it. You know what I mean? Because she knows that he's not going to give the DNA sample. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's trying to, you know, keep all that from happening. Yeah. But so on November 7th, DNA is collected and it proves that definitely Junior is visiting you. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And like what now you know what i mean like what if that happened to you you know what i mean like what do you what how do you proceed with your life at this point that's right? like um being ad- adopted and not knowing that you're adopted and then your f- family like your blood family shows up and you're like mm-hmm. oh like they can't expect you to just up and leave and go follow them because you have this whole life with mm-hmm. this person who you believe yeah, is your so, mom yeah so yeah and they were all really close he was really close to the sisters and the mom and you see like a lot of pictures from before Vimo was arrested that you know you see like all the whole family like everyone hanging out and pedrinho like you know really nice professional pictures done for like magazines and stuff of pedrinho and Vilma, you know cuddling almost yeah. you know what i mean like yeah we're this is still my mom kind of thing before it all came out but we're gonna talk about that in a second okay so, on November 8th, Vilma changes her story for the first time, saying that Pedrinho had been handed to Osvaldo by a street cleaner and that they chose not to adopt him legally because the paperwork is just too much bureaucracy. Oh, sure, Jan. Yeah, so sure. they just uh, registered a baby as their own because, you know, that's completely normal. Um, mm-hmm. on Why not, right? <laughs> November 10th, Jairo and Leah finally meet Pedrinho uh, in the presence of Vilma and they all had lunch at a barbecue place. Ooh, so Brazilian. This is so yeah. typically Brazilian. The... <laughs> a barbecue place, guys, it's not like they went to Dickie's barbecue place. No, it's like a Brazilian steakhouse like for hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fogo de show. Which guys if you guys are gonna go to a Brazilian uh, barbecue place, we totally recommend that you do, but call first and ask how much how much meat meat they actually have has to have chicken hearts ask you know how many cuts of meat they have because the times i've been to one here in the u.s they had like five types of meat tops really even so it was to- a total waste of money even at fogo de show yeah even at fogo de show the, which was the completely one in like really frustrating there is um there's another not sponsored if you want to sponsor me brazilian grill <laughs> and hyannis brazilian grill and hyannis is super good it's in cape yeah. cod Anyway, I go there every summer. <laughs> so, on November 10th, Jairo and Leah finally meet uh, Pedrinho, as I said. But that is not the end. Police still had to investigate the kidnapping claim. And even though it was a fact that Pedrinho was indeed kidnapped, um, it didn't really necessarily mean that Vilma was the kidnapper. Although, mm. as we've already stated, she, the mom, Leah, was pretty sure that Vilma was a piece of shit. So, on the following February, it was determined that Pedrinho's sister, Roberta, had also 
been kidnapped. So this woman is literally yeah. like the baby snatcher in town. <laughs> With Roberta, the story was really elaborate. She took meds to gain weight, Vilma. Um, and after mm-hmm. nine months and 30 kilos. So this woman, she's like a psycho. She's a pathological liar. Can you imagine? 30 kilos are like 62 Man. pounds. Can you imagine yeah. putting on 62 pounds just so you can pre- mm-hmm. pretend that you are fucking pregnant? Yeah. Again, beautiful and completely bananas. Exactly. <laughs> so after gaining all that weight, she kidnapped a baby, went to a hospital, got a doctor to cut her up and fake the birth. Even spreading her blood on the newborn baby. So she could show it to the dad. <laughs> Jamal Hassi. <laughs> Jamal Hassi. It's funny that his name is Jamal. Yeah. One of the richest men in the state of Goiânia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goiás, not Goiânia. Goiânia is a city. Goiás is a state, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, she used Roberta to extort Jamal for years, saying that if he didn't pay, she would expose him and his affairs to the media. Mm-hmm. Re- so let me let's just digest that for a second. She kidnaps. She not only kidnaps a baby. She fakes a whole birth. Yeah, and a doctor you know? helps her. A doc. Yeah, is that exactly. Like who knows what kind of like scam she put on a doctor? You know what I mean? Still, like a whole hospital. Yeah, and I think one of the nurses at the time kind of alerted you know the staff and was like, "Hey, this birth was kind of suspicious," and someone told her. Like, yeah, it was kind of suspicious, but you better not say anything because Vilma will kill you. So don't do that anything. So low-key, mind your own beeswax. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now, so how unsafe is it to spread your blood on a newborn? That's disgusting. She could have that poor kind baby. Of a... Yeah. Anyways. So, Roberta refused to give uh, a DNA sample, so the police had to take it from one of her cigarette butts. She was found to be Aparecida Fernanda Ribeiro da Silva, which is not that much better of a name. Um, (laughs) She she was taken from the Maternidade de Maio in Goiânia only a day after she was born. Her mom, Francisca Maria Ribeiro da Silva, was now part of the whole media shitstorm, and she bawled with relief in front of the whole country because her daughter mm. was finally found. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. This is so exciting because she probably didn't know if the baby was alive, if it was mm-hmm. dead, if it was, like, sold to the black market yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy. It is. And she said, like, you know, I'm just glad that she's all right. You know, like, come on. She basically didn't care if she wants to, like, pursue a relationship or anything like that. She was just fine that the her daughter was doing good. A lot. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because also, if something like that happens to you, I just cannot imagine, like, the amount of, like, you know, the trauma. Like, you, you don't go, like, a minute every day not thinking about what's happening to your kid right now. You know I mean? Yeah, because everything like, that yeah. you thought was your life is a lie. So. Exactly. So, on April 28th, 2003, an arrest warrant was issued for Vilma, and surprise, surprise, she runs. Uh, a few days later, she's found in a country house in Goiás. It was, like, a country house that one of her friends owned or something. And she was hiding inside of a couch. 
<laughs> so she was like Frank. <laughs> you guys watch it's always funny. You remember that episode where Frank hides inside of the couch? Oh my god. Yeah. Can that be the cover of our episode? <laughs> Just Frank popping out of Danny DeVito the popping couch. out of the couch. Yeah. Oh man. Like she actually had to like fashion a couch, had to like modify it for her to fit inside of the couch oh my god and, that is yeah. so pathetic and what's yeah and what's funny about that is that they kind of knew that she was in the country house but they didn't know where so the police had to go in like multiple times to try to find it it's like where's wally like going through the picture like multiple times like you know that she's around here but i don't know it's where like, she's inside have the you fucking seen couch. that prank video where someone dresses up as the car seat and they're just driving <laughs> around town and it looks like no one is driving and it freaks people out it's oh exactly like that <laughs> so she got oh sentenced to 15 years and nine months for the kidnapping of pedrinho and roberta and in addition to larceny ideological falsehood and faking the birth that's actually a charge that you can get faking the birth i did not know that yeah that is the, the more most you know. randomest the randomest charge ever <laughs> i know right so she had some bad luck with health while in jail. She was in and out of hospitals because of an alleged brain clot. And all of that happened, you know, curiously at around the time that the other daughters, um, her other two daughters' DNA was getting test- tested. So it's all too convenient, you know what I mean? For her to be having yeah. those kinds of health problems. Yeah. So she got granted a semi-open sentence in 2006. Again, semi-open sentence means that you get to do whatever you want and just you just live at the jail basically you have to come back by nine and whatever and she got out of parole on august 18th 2008 so all this she got sentenced 2003 2008 that's a lot a lot of time to be in jail for kidnapping two babies okay so pedrinho now lives in the north wing of brasilia and he's a lawyer he is married with kids and seems to be doing pretty well for himself he maintains a relationship with both of his families, but mainly his biological one now. So he sees Vilma when he goes to Goiânia and says that that doesn't really get in the way of his relationship with his biological parents. You know, he he is more connected to his biological family now, which is totally understandable because his family unit kind of got broken when Vilma went to jail, you know? So... Yeah. Yeah, it was like he started going to Brasilia for, like, weekends, and then he just kind of stayed there, you know? Also because it's a bigger city, and, you know, I don't know. So, in recent years, guys, in recent years, he acted as the lawyer of the former presidential candidate and our beloved cokehead, Alessio Neves, at the car wash operation. So, who would have fucking thought? Everything's connected. The world is so small. Right. So if you've watched the mechanism, it's possible yeah. that one of the characters was based on Pedrinho, and you didn't know this whole time. I know, right? So yeah, yeah, no, amazing. So Roberta, however, oh yeah, and he's going by his name, Pedrinho. He's not going by Oswaldo yeah. anymore or Junior or whatever. He changed his name, which is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess he's living the life that he was supposed to live forever. You know. So, Roberta, however, doesn't have much contact with her biological mother and even chose not to take her quote-unquote real name. 
So um, Francisca, the biological mom, says that she's just glad to know that she, the daughter's alive and they don't really... I mean, I guess they, they met, you know what I mean? They There's some pictures of them together, whatever, but they don't... They don't really, you know... They don't have Hoberta's, a relationship. Yeah. Roberta's story is really complicated because, like, she, I guess, grew up thinking that her dad was, like, you know, all the shit. And she didn't she wasn't really registered as a person like she didn't have a birth certificate until she was like 16 because her mom just Vilma didn't really register her because she didn't have a dad whatever so it was like on her 15th birthday that um she got her um Osvaldo the stepdad to register her as his kid and then that guy dies and now she, her mom was in your whole life's a lie kind of thing, you know, I guess kind of living with the kind of thought that your mom just kidnapped you and had you for financial gain, you know, that kind yeah. of sucks. It's super But sad. she's still close. Yeah, she's still close to Vilma, though, that I know. But kind of sucks. Yeah, it sucks because it's like one of those things that like, even though your parent hurt you so much they're still your parents so yeah. yeah and i feel bad for the biological mother because it wasn't her fault you know and mm. you'd hope that in cases like that you can have a relationship with your kid you know what i mean because they're all right but to have them kind of reject you yeah it's kind of the worst case scenario that sucks so, in recent years, Vilma was arrested again for stealing <laughs> dental equipment from a clinic. <laughs> she doesn't stop, man. Old habits so, die hard. <laughs> so, she says she's innocent for sure, Jan. But uh, she was arrested again on a separate occasion for driving a stolen car. She says that it's all a big coincidence slash misunderstanding slash a big plot against her. And she refers the to herself as... The world is against me. I can't oh, help yeah. it that I'm so popular. Yeah, and she refers to herself in third person even. So she's like, it's all a plot against Vilma Martins da Costa. They go to me and they see who I am. I am Vilma Martins da Costa. And they go, I'm going to arrest Vilma Martins da Costa. And it's like... No, you keep doing illegal shit. Of course, you're being arrested. Like, come on. Exactly. Yeah. She says that she never kidnapped no baby. She bought them, okay? So, because that makes paid... things so much better. Oh, yeah. Get this. She paid 30000 for Pedrinho in today's money. 30000 for Pedrinho through a social worker who arranged the whole transaction. For Roberta, though, she got a deal. She paid just <laughs> six six thousand for a her Dollar Tree. Yeah, she, she says like, yeah, Roberta was cheap. She paid six thousand for her because the person who arranged for the whole thing was a lover of Roberta's father. She maintains, and this is a quote: "I have never done anything wrong ever." So all the list Miss. of illegal things and crimes and scams and everything, nothing wrong in my life. Miss, don't you think this would be more believable if you actually had money? <laughs> <laughs> like if it was a rich person saying all of this, maybe. But you are clearly yeah. Joanne the scammer. 
I don't have 30,000 yeah. to be throwing. She is Joanne's camera. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't have $30,000 to be throwing at people for no babies. <laughs> yeah, what would you buy a kid? Like, <laughs> I mean, I believe I mean, that because shit like that used to happen all the time. Well, it still yeah, happens. She po- she but points, like, yeah, she says that. But it, it did not. Not to her, not not a broke person. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not you. So now in this case, if this case seems a little too familiar to you. If you're Latino. You Latino person. This is because you already know it. Okay. This story was so big and so there's so much repercussion around it that they actually based a novella on this fucking thing. And it's yes. not complices so, al rescate. No, it's not that. No, it's the 2004 novella Senhora do Destino. So if you don't know this by the name, you've definitely seen one specific screen grab from it. Do you know the math lady meme? There's a lady, a blonde lady, staying looking around like you know she looks over there and she looks over here with the math around her. That's from Senhora do Destino. That's Vilma da Costa. Martins or character. Nazareth Tedesco or Nazareth Tedesco, dude. Nazareth Tedesco is like the best character in any. Like, it's it's just like it's like the meme that keeps on giving. Exactly. You know? Yes. Todos esses sapatões consigo sentir o cheiro de cor. Sentir o cheiro de longe. It's horrible, man. The best one is her. Um, in the, the van. A Lucy Crazy! A Lucy Crazy! <laughs> A Lucy Crazy! <laughs> oh my god. That fucking uh, novella. That's the best. That, like, honestly, shit. if you don't have Global Play, this is a reason why you should get it. Because it's on Global Play. And the day that yeah. they remove that, yeah. I will be screwed. Uh, yeah. Because that, that's too good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, you guys. This was it for the story. So tell yeah. us about your vacation, Carol, because now the case is over. Guys. Yeah. Anyways, welcome to the filler part of the episode. Just kidding. It's it's because, I mean, if you didn't know, I traveled to Brazil. I, I've been back for like a week or so. A week or two. I don't know. And, a week. Um, a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. That's all I have to say about it. It was really fun. It was cool. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? We built up all of this... <laughs> Like momentum no. for your amazing vacation <laughs> no, <I'm just> story. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of like you know fun stuff to talk about. Okay, I have one fun stuff. So I um I had like a connection, not connection, but uh I took two planes. Is that how you say it? Oh, you had a layover. A layover, a layover. Okay, yeah, a layover in Peru, right? Mm-hmm. So if you guys know anything about me at all, you know that my favorite mints are sold in all the land countries but brazil right so they're called mentitas and brazoli right i have and never are heard of, of this in my life stephanie oh my god i want to i'm gonna post a picture of them on my instagram but anyways they are the fucking best thing in those are they're so good dude it's like a mint gop stopper basically hmm. amazing yeah so I was kind of hoping that I was going to find them in Peru since they're fucking Peruvian anyways. And I was like, if I do anything, I had like an hour in the airport. And I was like, if I'm going to do anything in this airport, I'm not going to pee. I'm going to buy the fucking mints anyways. So 
I got there and there was no internet. And I was wanting to like text man my family and say that I was doing okay, you know. And I had previously talked to Matt about the mints and he was like, There's no way you're finding it, you only have an hour. Please don't go all over the airport looking for the damn mints and miss your flight, you know what I mean? And, and that's I was like, of course that totally sound like something I would do, but I'm gonna try not. Mm-hmm. So I texted him on like WhatsApp and texted my mom and nothing worked because there was no internet. There was internet, but my phone was not connecting anyways. So I was able to, uh, s- I opened Facebook Messenger and I saw that he was online on, um, just trying to find it. I saw that he was like online on Facebook. So I was like, yeah, Facebook's working. So this is exactly what I texted him. Okay. <laughs> so I think this is working. I don't know. I'm all right. Found my mints. And then there was no internet anymore. So out of everything, all the I'm all right texts that I got that i sent this is exactly what um he got of course that sounds like i got kidnapped by a fucking drug cartel or something you know what i mean i got my mints what does that mean <laughs> so yeah i got to brazil and they were all like worried sick about me no one had slept i wonder if she's fine i wonder if she's all right because they thought i was okay before it sent that text out you know what i mean oh my god so yeah so i got my mints that's the ending of the story i got my mints and i bought like five packs of mints and i'm like in heaven amazing amazing mints anyways now on the way back i had a layover in colombia right mm-hmm. and again if you know anything about me you know that i love colombian soda right colombian la nuestra is like my my jam amazing soda one of my items of my book, bucket list of 50 things to do before I die is to drink that in Colombia. So I had a layover in Colombia and I was like, I'm going to drink my soda. The one thing I wanted to do was drink my fucking soda. You guys don't have that soda in the airport. Why would you not? It's your soda. That would be there like was literally not ads having in the plane for that. In the Brazilian airport. Yeah. Yeah, of course, because it's a Brazilian soda. But do you have the, the the name of the so, the soda is literally Colombiana. Why don't you have it in the airport, Colombia? Answer me questions to make you get out of the airport and buy seven, <laughs> then make you get back into the airport. Yeah. So I'm very frustrated until now, and like I'm still frustrated about all this. So first world problems and yes we are allowed yeah. to say it because we are from a third world country um so uh okay another thing that happened it's one more story about my trip <laughs> so brazil is not the safest country and i was there by myself like i traveled by myself and everything and you know sometimes i wanted to go out and eat and i went out and ate by myself like that's fine but like, the place I stayed, there was, like, this one restaurant that was really close. It was, like, five minutes walking distance. Yeah. Know? But I was going to have dinner there. And I wasn't feeling that safe that day because, like, I had some problems with, like, my credit card. So I had to go, like, with cash. And I didn't li- I don't like walking around with large amounts of cash anyways. So and it was, like, raining and it was, like, at night. And I was, like, I'm going to take an Uber for five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes of a walk. And I said, I'm going to take an Uber. Now, mind you, if I wanted to take an Uber around the block and back, I could because I'm paying for it. Exactly, because okay? you're like, your fucking exactly, money. Exactly, it's fine. Stephanie already heard the story because I got really pissed. 
So I get in an Uber and it was a lady and I was like, oh my God, it's a lady. Amazing. Well, she looks at me and she goes, are you fucking serious? Are you taking an Uber for five? It's literally there. It's really across the street. Why are you taking an Uber? And I was like, I'm from a small town in Brazil. I live in a farm. Okay. Uh, made up a story. Yeah, because you, you're and not going to be there saying that you live in the States because you're not trying oh to get kidnapped. Yeah, of course not. So uh, so she, guys, she screenshotted her screen, her app, and she said, my friends are not going to believe this. And I was I was like, are you kidding? Like, she did. She, she took the ride to make fun of me, basically. Now. And she was, yeah, I, was, I got pissed. I was like, just look. Yeah. When this Why happened, you- I told you to give her a bad review. Did you do that? I did. No. I feel bad because, I mean, Alicia took me somewhere. No, you know I mean? don't feel bad. She was being a fucking cunt. No, but I I'd f- be like, I- I feel- do you want your money no, I- or do you want me to I get gave out? Her- I gave her four stars. Are you? Which I never do. I gave her four stars and I flagged her for unprofessionalism. So that was enough. I didn't want to like lower her thing because she's a woman in Uber. I don't know. I was still respectful. No, the whole no, sorority you gotta be respectful of people louder. who are respectful, respectful of you. Like she's being a fucking yeah. bitch. I first of I all, know. I would have like I literally like don't even test me with this <laughs> shit. I would have been like, oh, you think it's funny? Okay, well, think about it on your way home because I'm getting another driver. Like. <laughs> No. Yeah, I was so pissed that I didn't take an Uber back. I walked, and then it was like raining and dark and weird. And and you went yeah, uh, to I, dinner by yourself. Yeah, I would rather die than eat by myself <laughs> or be in public no, was, by myself. No. It's because I was in Brazil by myself. Am I just not gonna eat the foods I want to eat? But did you not stay myself? at like no. a relative's house? Oh, no, I did. So you could, but they have their them. own lives, and then I mean, like I was like. No, I already told my friends, like, when I go to Brazil, (laughs) you don't have a life. You're my tour guide. Like, I'm not, no, I'm not about that going out and eating by myself life. First of all, I have major anxiety going to Starbucks to pick up my drink. Me too, but I I got over that easy, fast. -uh. After, like, two days of just not leaving the room because I was too anxious, I was like, I'm fine now. And I just started doing some stuff. No, 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 no. I get anxiety just picking up my mobile order, walking in by myself and picking it up. Yeah. No, I'm not. Mm-mm. I've only fun, I've only eaten out by myself once, <laughs> and it was because I had no other choice. So at my old job at the other bank I used to work at, mm-hmm. um, when I started working there, I didn't have a car yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What I did is I took the the train um, to the closest like train station, and then mm-hmm. I took uh, an Uber from the train station there. But being paranoid like I am, my interview was like at three. I left my house at twelve. So <laughs> yeah, I can't I'm, relate I, that. I get like I'm. You don't want to see me running late because I will literally mm-hmm. run you over with a car. That's mm-hmm. how bad I am. So I, like, miscalculated my time, ended up getting there at 2. And I was like, mm. my interview's at 3. It's one thing for you to show up at, like, 15 minutes early, but, like, a mm-hmm. whole hour, I didn't want to look desperate. Yeah. So um, there was a restaurant right next to uh, the branch that I used to work at. So I told Uber driver, he need to just drop me off at the restaurant. And he was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, fuck, okay. I'm at the restaurant. <laughs> I'm at the restaurant, and it's like the '99s uh, restaurant that I'm always talking to you mm-hmm. about. It's like Applebee's. Yeah. 
Um, um. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do here by myself? And I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I can't just stand outside a restaurant because that's going to be weird. People mm-hmm. are going to notice. So I walk mm-hmm. in and the host is like, oh, do you want a table? I was like, sure. So I ate by myself, <laughs> but it was out of sheer desperation. And not only that, but I wasn't hungry. So I had like. Uh-huh. leftovers that i had to take home and i had to somehow shove them into my purse because i didn't want the people <laughs> at the interview. the interview like smelling like food <laughs> yeah smelling like fried shrimp and french oh, fries oh, yeah my God. <laughs> so that was the only time i've ever eaten by myself never happening again i am not gonna be like i wish i was one of those brave women that go into uh-huh. a bar and just like lean over at the bar like very essentially like this look here yeah i'm being sexual right now okay okay yeah she is <laughs> yeah one of those women that just leans over the bar and they're like yeah just give me a vodka and they tonic. say like the or something no like not that. even like you know i want a a sex on the beach sp- uh, i don't know whatever pencil case yeah it's i like wanted to be that drink. person because then i could meet people but no yeah. my anxiety does not let me <laughs> so no like going to places like that it was fine like being by myself and stuff like i guess it was just weird because i was like yeah like my phone doesn't fucking work you know what if i don't get home and i mean who do i fucking call like i don't know anyone's phone number wait why wasn't your phone working do you have at&t or something like that i do but my phone is an american phone i had a, a phone that i bought in brazil so I I put like um uh how's it called like a SIM card? A SIM card on it. But then like the phone is just so old that like none of the apps were working. So I just used that one as like a personal hotspot and it was like a prepaid phone. So I was like, yeah, my credits are going to be over like at any second cuz it's so much data that I, that I was using, you know. So that was kind of like anxiety um a lot of anxiety there anyways. But everything was right. Nothing, like, went wrong. Like, I could use that phone to call and stuff. But still, like, I... Like, I was more anxious about, like, Uber rides and stuff than anything else. But then after, like, a few Did months, you I take was, Uber like, X fine. or Uber Black? Because I'm not taking Uber X when I go to Brazil. No. No, I'm t- I took the regular ass Ubers. Like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. I will not. I refuse to. <laughs> no. You know what? I read the news. I'm sorry. Fellow Brazilians that are listening... Blame this on the headlines, okay? I know our country. I know it's probably not that bad. But every headline that I read is like, girl gets murdered by Uber. Uber driver beats up some girl. Mm -hmm. Uber driver this and that. No, thanks. I am not risking. I am only taking Uber black. Fuck that. I'm paying dollars. It's fine. I'll just deal with it later. (laughs) No, I was... I I, I took just the regular ones. It was fine. I almost died like two times, but it was alright. Like, all of it was fine. I had five people following me through the maps and stuff no but nope yeah that was totally not safe you are cuckoo cuckoo bananas eating by yourself taking regular ubers what is wrong with this girl absolutely beautiful but completely bananas (laughs) yes that yeah that's exactly Uh you should put that as your description on instagram absolutely beautiful but completely bananas because that is changing you to that right now yes exactly Mm-hmm. no but no thanks i will i refuse to <laughs> i already told my my best friend that i'm going to brazil uh, hopefully when she's like almost off her 
Mm-hmm. All, her semester is almost over. That way she can just go with me places. And I'm like, you stay at my Airbnb and be my roommate for as long as I'm there. Because mm-hmm. I'm not about this doing things by myself life. You have a, a fiance because she just got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a fiance. Tough luck. You're going to be my fiance <laughs> for the next <laughs> three weeks like i'm not doing things by myself it's I like refuse. i'm your captain now but i'm your fiance exactly now. that that's gonna be me yeah. i'm your fiance now <laughs> exactly no yeah yeah guys it's it's rough i like i'm so tired i need a vacation i need to go have fun you know um mm-hmm. i just need to do something fun Mm. yesterday i studied for 10 hours <laughs> holy shit 10 hours i was studying from um uh, from 1 p.m until midnight but i mm-hmm. took a, an hour lunch break mm-hmm. and i'm just like fried like i'm done just let me out and i have like homework <laughs> that i have to do and my professor was mm-hmm. um how can i put it into nice words critical mm-hmm. of a project <laughs> proposal that I uh, wrote on um, undocumented and documented immigrants. Any fucking way. And I have to fix that. And I have to do a presentation on Tuesday. Fuck me. I fucking hate presenting. You know why I hate presenting? Because people ask you questions. I don't want you to ask me questions. Just watch me present. And be when I say, do you have any questions? Just be like, <laughs> Silent. I will not ask anybody quite if you're in my class, I will not be asking you questions because I do not care about your project. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, do not ask me questions. That's like the part that trips me up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like last year I had to uh, present uh, something for my international relations class. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a paper on Sweden. And of mm-hmm. course, like this random ass kid, asked me something that had nothing to do with my paper whatsoever and i was just <laughs> sitting there like excuse me yeah do, do you know that <laughs> that that gif of diddy staring at that guy in the singing competition where he's like <laughs> and the other guy's like you can't see my face but you know exactly what i'm talking that was me and yeah, this yeah, kid yeah. in my class oh, and, like i feel like he asked me something like what did I think, like, of the comparative politics of sweet? It was something, like, like everybody in class was oh looking at him, like, why did you just ask that? So I feel like <laughs> people are going to ask me this on my, mm-hmm. on my presentation, especially because mm-hmm. there is a kid in my class who is um, an intern for the RNC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so for, for the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i feel like he's gonna be like well blah 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 and i'm gonna be like go fuck yourself <laughs> well don't you think <laughs> yeah like, come on. i'm gonna be like go suck <laughs> a dick dude every time i have to choose topics and stuff to make presentations i always choose i always try to choose like trippy things that will make people very uncomfortable exactly the only reason i chose yeah. this is because of i love kid. doing that because i want him yeah. so i can be like why because i'm brown <laughs> I did a whole thing on Diva Cups once. On what? Diva Cups. Wow. I brought a Diva Cup and I was like, does anyone want to touch it? And everybody was like so chippy. But I convinced a few women to like switch the Diva Cups. So that was fine. But like, 
it was amazing and i had like a blast because everybody was so uncomfortable and i could see in their in their faces like how the fuck do you put that in and i had to explain i did a whole demonstration like in front of the thing with my hands it was great and i loved it and then the presentation i had to do before that was on the nutshell studies of unexplained death so i had those pictures up and that was fun if you guys don't know really interesting topic uh the nutshell studies is dollhouses that depict murders that were used to teach forensic science to like cops in the 50s amazing amazing stuff but very trippy and scary if you're not anesthetized and you know nonchalant about it like we are if you listen to true crime all the time you know what i mean yeah yeah, because if you don't, and you, that just happens to pop in your eye, and you're like, what the fuck is this, dollhouses? What is this, you know? I'm just hoping it's, it's really that, cool. like, because I don't want to be the first to present, but I want to be, like, the second one, because I always leave class early, because mm-hmm. I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. hoping that I'll go there and talk for three minutes, and no one's going <laughs> to ask me anything, and I'll be like, thank you very Please. much. Fuck Trump. Fuck Bye. Donald Trump. And just sit down. Um, but, Yeah. Please don't ask me questions, people. Can I? Should I walk? Whoops. Fuck. I almost <laughs> I almost knocked over my microphone. Should I walk in with a shirt that says, don't ask me anything? You should. You should walk with a political shirt for sure. Like, you know. I don't have any. The only uh, you don't. political shirt I have is like one that says Charlie Day for president. But that's a, it's always sunny shirt. <laughs> so you should and then when they ask who charlie day is you you go like you should google him you know it's a good candidate i'm gonna be like well you're gonna do charlie work um (laughs) (laughs) it's better than your president exactly but um yeah guys so that's that's the summary of our lives yeah i think that was enough because it feels like we haven't done this for forever man it's been more than a month since we haven't recorded because all of the but the past four episodes were all pre-recorded so yeah i feel like we haven't talked to each other like in a while no we i mean but you know not yeah like not this. not in a podcast yeah. so I'm, I'm like we talk to each other <laughs> no, like all day. what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh we haven't done this in a while so yeah it's a long list shout outs you guys if you know it um we usually shout people out uh if you interact with us during the week we will say your name on the podcast just to make sure that you know we see you so we have kevin rose chrissy fernanda carlita kate kathy hallie jackie maria eduarda emily sean 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 (laughs) show <laughs> oh my god sean show <laughs> shut up cindy mauricio sierra ash and the band portugal the man who didn't interact with this podcast but they did a show in brazil on Lollapalooza, and they had a whole segment of the show that they pulled some indians it, i say indians because that's the way we use the term we use in brazil and that's completely all right some native brazilians on the stage to talk about um demarcation and uh, deforestation and how this administration is um very prejudicial to the native brazilian population so i was like it's really cool that they're using their platform to bring awareness to this that does not affect them at all 
So I was like, I should do this too. And so, because it affects every, everyone, you know, because I feel like they're the only people that are taking care of the Amazon right now. And that kind of sucks. So, yeah, that was really cool. And I was like, I should be talking about this, even though it happened like a month ago. But <laughs> it was really cool. I think that it's something that we should be talking about because it's kind of on topic on this podcast. Yes. And also on topic because if the Amazon doesn't exist, Earth explodes, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to give a shout out to my professor who told me that I shouldn't tell people that I speak Portuguese since I'm Brazilian. So from now on, I speak Brazilian and American. So there is that. I'm going to go punch a pillow real quick. And uh, some variation of Latin American Spanish depends on which uh, mood I'm in. Some days I I speak Honduran. (laughs) (laughs) Other days, oh, I speak uh, Puerto Rican Spanish mixed with English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, you are where you come from. Um, and that doesn't make any difference because, you know, Americans speak American. We don't speak fucking Brazilian. Brazilian. We, speak, we speak Portuguese. Yeah. Even if you don't like to hear that, people from Portugal. Cab driver from Portugal <laughs> who told my stepdad that my mom speaks a dialect. <laughs> oh fucking what yeah no my it's my stepdad went to portugal because he travels for work and he was like <sighs> super excited because he was like oh portugal blah, blah, because he's never been to brazil mm-hmm. and he was like oh this is as close to like going to brazil that i will go because well mm-hmm. so far uh because he knows how <laughs> to like say like order food and stuff like uh-huh. that he uh-huh. does it with a really like That's white good. people accent but Uh, as long as you're trying yeah so he was like super excited like the cab driver picked him up from the airport and he Mm -hmm. was like oh yeah my wife's brazilian so she speaks portuguese and i think he like tried to say something to the cab driver or something and the cab driver was like brazilians don't speak portuguese they speak a dialect (laughs) and my stepdad was so embarrassed oh my god because here he was, just like, trying to be, like, friendly, you know. Oh, I know how to say something in your language. And the cab driver was like, no, you didn't. So. Yeah, even though it's mostly the same, we just pick, we're just speaking, like, different rhythms. Different accents like, the words are different. Words, but. Yeah, the words are different, but the language is the same. Does that make sense? Like, the verbal structure and, like, you know. Yeah. But it's, like, totally different, which, like... It's not a dialect. It's a whole different language. That would be like British people saying, yeah. you don't speak English. You speak a dialect. Yeah. No, but I feel, I feel like British English and American English, they're very much more similar than um, Portuguese Portuguese and Brazilian Portuguese. I don't know. I The Portuguese people that I have like dealt with here in Mass, because there's a mm-hmm. big uh, Portuguese community here too, aside from mm-hmm. Brazilian, like... Some of them, if they're from the Azores, it's harder for me mm-hmm. to understand them. But I can still understand them. But if they're mm-hmm. from, like, the mainland, it's, like, a different accent. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my nephew has a babysitter. Like, it's not his weekday babysitter, but, like, his weekend mm-hmm. babysitter. She's from Portugal. I understand everything that she says. Like, it's the same thing. And her husband is Brazilian, so her kids, mm-hmm. like, mix the two it's funny <laughs> but anyway that's cool i wonder how that what well, that sounds like. It, like it's funny 
It's funny. <laughs> yeah, because they'll That's say something cute. and then they'll just throw in a, a Portuguese, like a European Portuguese expression. And it's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. I remember. Uh-huh. Uh, so I used to. Well, I'm still sort of friends with her, with a Brazilian girl who had a Portuguese husband and they had a kid mm-hmm. and I used to babysit her kid. And um, I remember this one time I took her to a store or something. And she was like, I'm going to say it in Portuguese. None of you are going to understand mm-hmm. it. She was like, oh, Stephanie, me da bolsa. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, a bolsa. Me da bolsa, leva a bolsa. And I was like, I don't have a purse. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, a bolsa. And then she grabs my my bag, like a plastic bag. And I was like, a bolsa, me da bolsa. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you mean a sacola. A sacola. And she was like, yeah, bolsa. <laughs> and she was like seven. It was so cute. But I was so confused. I was like, what are you talking about, girl? <laughs> yeah. I don't have any Portuguese stories that can relate, so. <laughs> That's it, you guys, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go to bed because uh-huh. tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 7.30 to study before work. You know what that's called? That's desperation. Yeah, that's, no, that's <laughs> inspirational. It's not desperation. <laughs> it's desperation. <laughs> Because desperation oh. and not being able to afford a $5,000 prep course. So. <laughs> oh, but she's doing good, you guys. She is. I'm following it. And she is so committed to that that my Facebook algorithm thinks I'm in law school, too. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, I'm getting ads for that. Because Maybe. we keep tagging each other on stuff. And some <laughs> way, somehow, they think I'm also a law student. So. I'm not a, I'm a pre-law emanating. student. I'm trying to get into law school. Yeah, pre-law. Sorry. Yeah. Mess it up. But yeah. um, maybe, Carol, that's a sign from above that you should go to law school. Okay. No? <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Scoff. Yes, no. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. I tried. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, <All right>. guys. <laughs> okay, guys. It was good. It was good talking to you guys. Just kidding. No. Okay. It was good record recording this is a lot of fun it's always nice for us it Even was nice catching up huh it was nice catching up yeah it was nice catching up with this whole podcast so yeah that's good all right ciao oh no hope you guys have a good end of the world <laughs> ciao ciao <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of suspiria a true crime podcast If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SusperiaPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Ciao.